Aragon knelt in a bed of trampled reed grass and scanned the tracks with a practiced eye. Book One, Aragon, Chapter One, Discovery. Welcome to Aragon and Back Again, a podcast where we explore Christopher Paolini's inheritance cycle one chapter at a time. I'm Lucy Hart. And I'm Darian Smart. And we are here to talk about the first chapter first of chapter Aragon. First chapter proper. Yes, first uh, chapter of the Aragon series. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I guess more properly known as the inheritance the cycle. Inheritance of, I, like I said uh, at discovery. the first episode, I'm going to do it a lot. So please, yep, don't I'm same, at me. like very much same. Yeah, we want your feedback. We want your input. I don't want to hear you tell us that we're telling it. It's the I know. And I will continue yep. to make this mistake because I am 29 years old. I have actively called it the Aragon series since I was in seventh grade, gang. Yes. It's not going to change. I will double check it in official podcast when we're typing it out, when we're doing the promos. But in yep. my cadence, I'm probably going to call it the Aragon <laughs> series more often than not. And like I said, like, I think we said this recording last one, like, just it's in- interesting that Paolini called the book The Inheritance Cycle after mm-hmm. the fourth book where a lot of series usually refer to them as like the first book like mm-hmm. or like gone. an unrelated term yeah, yeah something like that so so here we are we've gone from a magical forest battle where yep. the uh participants are fighting over some sort of mysterious sapphire stone to yep. a 15 year old on a hunting trip yep it's a just a tone shift <laughs> it's a cuz and it's like silent and quiet and it's like mm-hmm. he's hunting so he has to be silent and quiet and cautious and yeah just like and it's like night and there's moon oh he talks about the harvest moon so it is a like bright moon i don't know if it's necessarily like blood red because harvest moon usually just refers to the fullness of the moon i think yeah so. harvest yeah harvest moon it's huh you know, I don't know the difference between harvest moon with other moons. Maybe it is. I know. Just a full I think. Moon? I think the harvest moon. I think is just referred to. I feel like I talked about this with somebody. The harvest moon is referred to as the harvest moon because it is large and bright, which helps the f- people continue the harvest even into the night. They can still see. Okay, so I don't. I don't know if it's colored or not, or whatever. I could be completely wrong. Don't at me. <laughs> Here, let's 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 look it up because I'm wondering if it's like because there's mm-hmm. different moons throughout the year have different names. So the harvest moon refers to the full bright moon that occurs closest to the start of autumn. Cool. So right there, in that case, we're getting a good sense of the time of year. Well, I think I think he already talks about that because I think he does talk about winter at some point, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, but we know. But now, no, this is starting at at late summer. The harvest moon is the full moon closest to the start of autumn. Mm-hmm. So it's late summer, early autumn. Yep. Yeah, it's it's the tone shift. Everything is went from being like a massive battle to like not massive, but like chaotic to quiet yep. and still. And I, I like that in a chapter mm-hmm. called Discovery. Aragon was fifteen, less than a year from manhood, and this is some high fantasy nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> The brain doesn't finish baking until we're 25. And I get we're in fantasy medieval Europe times, as we 
almost always are when you do a fantasy story with dragons. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know there are some uh, more recent stories that are not in medieval Western Europe, and I am all about reading those. But, and it means that all of a sudden the 16 year old is a man. Yeah. No. (laughs) I've met 16 year olds. No. You should not be allowed to get on a dragon. You can't even drive a car. Unless it's daylight hours and you have a licensed adult driver in the vehicle with you. What do you mean we're going to let this kid get on the back of a dragon? The back of a fire-breathing, talon-wielding, fang-bearing dragon. Yeah. It's a magical monstrosity. (laughs) You can't even get on a dirt bike. (laughs) I wouldn't trust Aragon on a dirt bike. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. And that's another just trope of of the the genre. Yeah. (laughs) Where it talks about, uh, like, a lot of the YA uh, readers talk about, like, kind of like that. Especially when it's, like, fantasy-esque in, like, this mm-hmm. era of, like, bows and eras and magic and bows and eras. Bows and era, bows and arrows and magic. It's very much like, mm-hmm. you're not a man until you're 16, 18, what have you. It's yeah. like freaking Lord of the Rings. Like they talk, the hobbits don't age until they're they don't they don't reach adulthood until they're like thirty. So it's just great. Anyway, mm-hmm. no, I think this is something we've talked about. Is like trying to distinguish like is this YA or like is it a kids book? Is it middle grade? And I think like we talked about like it's being like a like a high fantasy book, and those aren't often in this younger age demographic. And I think it's because Aragon is fifteen. Mm-hmm. Aragon is a kid. This is middle grade YA because the main character is 15 years old. Yep. Yep. yep, So even though in this world, it puts him on the cusp of adulthood, in the world of the reader, he's a 15 year old. He is a sophomore in high school. He is a sophomore in high school. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, no, it's just so fun revisiting these books you read as a kid or like the series mm-hmm. you watched and stuff and then it clocking Aang is 12 years old and he has to yep. stop this 100 year war Percy Jackson is 12 years old and you want him to retrieve the lightning bolt and fight Ares yeah it's Clary like oh Frey my is gosh. 15 she should be studying for finals yeah yeah it's just it's ah! a lot <laughs> They're all kids. Never, and then, I would never let this happen. I would not they, let this happen as a grown-up right? responsible for a child. No. Yep. And then they go through, like, but these I- teens go through so much in, like, two years or whatever than someone in their 30s have ever gone through. And it's just like, wah. Yep. You're like, oh, my God. You've changed the whole world. And it's like, yep. and now you're 17. Enjoy the rest of your Talk about peaking in high school. Yeah, no kidding. Or just like, I mean, this might be too real on like a fantasy world, but the freaking trauma of having, I mean, like, not to necessarily like weave in a bunch of different areas, but like Steven Universe does a really good job at that where he's this child Mm -hmm. and saves the literal universe. And then it's like, okay, now you have to live a normal life. And he's like, but what do I, are you? Are you sure? Yeah, like, are you sure I don't have anymore? anything? Yeah, you don't. My whole need life has me. been everyone needing me. Yeah, and now I'm told I they don't need me anymore. Like, what is happening? So, I mean, like, I feel like we don't in a lot of these books we don't necessarily look at that a lot. We don't in this in Aragon mm-hmm. we do not at all. We we like spoilers when when the last book ends. Like, we don't see what happens after this 
such high stake, high trauma situation. And we don't know what happens after that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel yeah, like that's like a long. Whoa, yeah, I'm, yeah, inevitable. Yeah, but yeah, and it's and that's also just part of the genre. It's not a specific mm-hmm. attack against this book or, or Paolini's writing. It is just what happens in these books and yep. it's just when i was a kid reading it in seventh grade i'm like 12 13 and i'm like hell yeah dragon let's go and yep. now i'm 29 and i'm like no aragon <laughs> you shouldn't be responsible for your family what do you mean because nothing we learned about aragon is that he he talks about how i mean he also describes uh, dark brown dark eyebrows rested above his intense brown eyes his clothes yep. were worn from work a hunting knife with a bone handle was sheathed at his belt and a buxton tube protect his u-bow from the mist he carried mm-hmm. a wood frame pack. Yep. So we get that description, which is fine. It's whatever. Uh, I won't go into that again. I did that in the prologue. <laughs> uh, but he talks about how he's following this deer deep into the spine, a range of untamed mountains that extended up and down the land of Allegasia. So, hey, we have what this land is called. Yep. We have names. Yep. We have uh, Allegasia. And I have mm-hmm. always loved the name spine for mountains that's just i don't know why i just it just fits right to me and i'm like yes i love this that's really good and i'm like if i if it wasn't already taken that is definitely something that i would use for mountain ranges in my book (laughs) because it's just so cool i love that name so much Mm -hmm. it's it's good uh just real quick i want to talk a little bit about we didn't talk about this in the prologue but loose you just pointed out before we started recording this one there's a map at the beginning of the book Yes. It's so it's such a good map. Like it just mm-hmm. I really think it gives us the scale cuz I actually remember like when I first bought my book, it came with this map and I think I had it hanging in my room for a really long time while I was reading these books and it <gasps> let me like track where they were going as I was reading these books and then as I was reading and then also when I was listening to them because I guess like I can we can talk about that when we get in the second one I couldn't read the second one so I started getting them on cd (laughs) mm -hmm. regardless while I was listening to them I would follow them and it was it was for me it helped me visualize how big this world actually is because they talk about how mm-hmm. you know just traveling from one point to another and you're like oh that's like that's like an inch on this map but then it takes them like weeks and you're like whoa okay this world is like a lot bigger than i thought it was so it's it's kind of really cool in yeah. in that regard and we don't even get this whole world we get this area of it because this is just part of a if if we want to like if we're assuming there's continents on this world where this is just one con one part of a continent and then an island like that's all we're looking at that's all we know and so it's like this world yeah. is gigantic and it's it's just so cool that it comes with that it is yeah and and i think it also reflects a lot in in the readership because there are certain books that have maps are they usually the high fantasy ones? Yes, they are. Later editions of Camp Half-Blood books will have the map of Camp Half-Blood, but not right out the gate usually. Like, mm-hmm. it's a certain kind of book that has a map. And I think, listen, when you open up a book and you see a map at the beginning, if you're a reader, if you're, it, it says a lot about who you are, not as a person, but as a reader, I think. Are you jazzed as hell? Hell yeah, there's a map. Or are you, <laughs> oh no, there's a map. And like, <laughs> Like that's yeah. that's there are two types of readers: the ones who are like hell yeah map, and ones who are like hard pass. 
Yep, yep. And ne- neither is right or wrong. I just, when you pointed out, and we both got real excited. Map, 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 map. Yep. <laughs> and it was just fun. I'm excited to do this show with you, Luz. Yes, definitely. And like, I don't know. I just like that the map, again, I like the maps because, again, it just. Sh- it's just because like it was also cool because it would be like they would mention oh we're in this place and then I would go to the map and I'd try to find it and I'm like oh it's right there that's where they are and it was just cool to have that visual with me uh, while I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is helpful. I I uh, I'll admit, I'm excited about maps. Rarely do I f- like I you describing that you like will follow the map. That's so delightful and charming. I've never done that. <laughs> I just decided there's a map and maybe sometimes I'll be like. If I reread the book, I'll look at the map again and be like, oh, yeah, they go here later. Oh, yeah, they go here later. But mm-hmm. I do not reference the map while I am reading. I am on yeah. a, I'm not a good navigator, all right? Oh, Don't have me in charge of the map. <laughs> I'm not going to look at it. I'm in the moment. No worries. No. I just I just really like that. But, um, but in this case, like, we were, like, mm-hmm. placed right into the spine. And, like, we can see, like, on the map, there's the spine. It's right mm-hmm. there. And then, not not jumping so ahead, but the next chapter is called Palancar Valley, and, like, we can see that also on the map, like, next to the spine. So we know exactly kind of where we are when we look at it, and it's just really cool like that. It is cool. So we're in the spine, and the text says, Strange tales and men often came from those mountains, usually boding ill. Despite that, Aragon did not fear the spine. He was the only hunter near Caraval who dared track game deep within its craggy recesses. So we learned something about Aragon. Yep. He's either brave or very foolhardy. As we will learn, it is both. Yes. <laughs> I was like, or both. Both is good. Yes, it's it's very much. Both is good. <laughs> yeah, very much the same or very much both in, in that situation. That Again, we just learn throughout the entire Aragon series. Yeah. And another thing we learned immediately, it's next uh, paragraph talks about how, like, his food is half gone. He's been hunting for three nights. He has to fell the doe or he would be forced to return home empty handed. And that's just, like, not an option. It's not even like he's hunting for fun or for, Mm -hmm. like, profit or anything. His family needed that meat for the rapidly approaching winter and could not afford to buy it in Caraval. Okay, Aragon. Aragon, you're at the harvest moon, which means the full moon closest to the beginning of autumn. Now, winter is approaching, yes, but you do have a couple of months. Unless, well, is he, how high north is he? Hold on. Like, I mean, we don't know how highest. big is the continent. But Caravel is, oh, he is pretty high. So uh, winter probably comes pretty early for. Mm-hmm. And well, they're yeah. also like. Yeah. Right. So he's got to get this meat quick. Yeah. he It's like high up and he's also like in a valley. So, it, I mean, we're in a valley. So I don't, we're, we're in a desert valley, yeah, which is much different than a mountain valley. Yeah. Also, it's 2023, and we have grocery stores, so I am Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's also true. But we also, so we learned another thing, is that he comes from, and we see this in the description, his clothes being worn, but the fact that his family can't afford to buy meat, this is not just, like, food for a celebration. This is survival. We know he Mm -hmm. comes from a very poor family. They don't have a lot of, like, financial security or stability. And Aragon, at 15, we talked about earlier, He's a kid, and well, even in the context of the book, he's approaching manhood, but he's not considered a man yet, and that he already has this immense responsibility on his shoulders says a lot. Yep, yep, agreed. And that was like that was something that I thought that I that I just kind of clocked as well was that he's because he's hunting and because he's not considered an, an adult yet, 
and he's doing these things and he's been gone for three nights hunting this one doe it just really shows that yeah and it just shows that he's his family's poor and so i think i think that is a really good intro in how he approaches this weird ass stone that just a quote stone that just appears out of nowhere i feel like it really tracks with what yeah he's like his approach to it and his view on it and just how he interacts with it i think that has a lot Mm -hmm. he's like well this is weird i'm gonna sell it (laughs) like that's it just makes sense yeah do you want to read how the the stone comes into his possession because i also love this like this just this scene too it's so funny it is it, the scene how it comes in. You is, can't you can't read it. You don't have a book. I don't have That's a book. Right. <laughs> I keep forgetting you don't you are audiobook. You don't have. A I book. am audiobook. I can't like I could I could listen. You can just and, describe like, it. You just listen to it. I could just listen. No, you're to fine. It and, you can just describe okay. what you remember. Um, I just know it's like fine. so he's no, you're good. So he he's approaching this doe with like about ready to like fell it. I guess would be the right word. And then an explosion just comes out of nowhere and all the deer flee and Mm -hmm. he tries to shoot. That was something that I thought instead of reacting to this explosion, like, oh, my God, what is that? He jumps forward to shoot the bow to shoot the deer anyway. And so, again, that kind of does where his where his priorities are. His priorities are getting meat home for his family. And then once he's like, "Okay, deer is gone. That's when he turns and then he draws the bow against this like foe quote foe that he he doesn't know what it is. And then he sees the stone. And what I really like about I just uh, what I think is just so funny about the scene is the way it's described is almost like uh, the script of a movie because it's like the stone is nestled in this like crater and there's like mist swirling around it and like you know creating patterns across Mm -hmm. its surface and i just feel like it's it's so movie like you could see that in a cinema like so easy like it's 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 so funny yeah yes yeah visually it is so striking and i love like he like aaron like hangs back for like a couple of minutes like watching this like crater this stone he's like what and when it's like okay everything seems chill he like climbs down and then Moonlight cast him in a pale shadow as he stopped before the stone. He nudged it with an arrow. The jump back. Yeah. <laughs> I just started. That's so funny. Like, it's so goofy. Yeah. 15-year-old. I'm just going to poke it and jump back. <laughs> like, what? I'm going to poke it and jump back. And it did explode. And so he's uh, like, I don't know. I'm going to poke it. Yeah. Okay, nothing happened. Okay, we're good. Okay. And then nothing happens. So he just picks the. He just picks and then it he just picks it up. up. Full on picks it up. Yep. Uh, we get the the detailed description. Nature had never polished a stone as smooth as this one. Its flawless surface was dark blue, except for the thin veins of white that spider webbed across it. The stone was cool and frictionless under his fingers, like hardened silk. Oval at about a foot long, it weighed several pounds. It felt lighter than it should have. And so that's like we, the stones mentioned in the pr- prologue, but this is the first time we get a clear view of it. Yep. Again, as it said, as we said last episode, should have just said it's a dragon egg and then let yep. Aragon describe it as a stone. Like, let's yep. do this. But I digress. Yep. No, I agree. It's it's very much like if they had mentioned it was an egg, then it's like, oh, Aragon finds this weird stone. And it's just like, we know it's not a stone. But yeah, mm-hmm. we just continue with the with the stone narrative. And for me... I, I feel like I do remember reading this and being like uh, nature had never like 
you know, smooth to stone this, like, what flawless or whatever, and me being in the back of my head, like, because it's not a stone. And then it's, like, dark blue veins, you know, yeah. it was dark blue with thin veins of white, and I'm, like, because it's a dragon egg. And, like, just that back of my head being, it's like, because egg. it's an egg, yeah. because it's an egg, because it's an egg. Because it's an egg. Mm-hmm. Just, like, in the back of my head the whole time I read it. Yeah, I think, as we said before, like, just letting the reader outright know it's an egg, but Aragon would reasonably not know that and think it's just a big blue, like, valuable sapphire stone. Mm-hmm. I think that that almost sets the reader in for a more comfortable, not comfortable, but focused reading experience because there's not that thing in the back of your head being like, it's this, it's this, it's this, because that's not really a mystery. Yeah. Since you know what the plot of the book is about, that's real obvious. And so you're just waiting for it to be confirmed. So we'll stop calling it a stone. Yeah. But if you know, like we, like you said before, if you know you're let in on this little secret, you can be like, oh, Aragon, wait till you find out. Yeah. You'd, but, you'd be cackling along with the author almost. Like, ha, ha, ha. I can't wait till he finds out what this is. Mm-hmm. But it is a wonderful description. And I mm-hmm. like, like, Aragon is like, a little freaked out like what is this where did it come from but i think this other thought he has also tells you a lot about this poor boy from a a, a financially struggling family who has to like take care of the people around him was it sent here by accident or am i meant to have it yeah and i think that just because we already know he's like brave he's determined maybe he's foolhardy uh he comes from a place with that's not a lot of resources but I think with that line, we also know that something inside of him longs for more. The idea yep. that he could even consider, maybe I'm supposed to have this. Maybe this was sent here for a purpose that I am a part of. Let's mm-hmm. the reader know that this character is someone who is ready to like, the call to action has come and the hero yep. will go. Like yep. he is ready. He wants more. And, and I think like this is really strong writing right out the gate telling us so much about our protagonist without listing off those things just in his thoughts and his actions and delivering facts of the world because it's we aren't told Aragorn is brave and feels responsible for his family yeah we just know he doesn't fear the spine he's going to go in there to hunt for his family who needs the meat for winter because they can't afford it Mm -hmm. but like it's well done and we get it in this first chapter though not a lot happens and it is very small or very short it tells us so much about this 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 kid that we're going to follow for the rest of the series and watch him grow yep. from this point. And I think that is remarkably yep. well-crafted. I, I, I very much agree. And again, like, we also get the fact that he is, he cares for his family. Like, he's been gone three nights to, like, hunt. And he's... Mm-hmm. He basically came up with nothing. He was following this, this doe for three nights and... I still like just like what you've mentioned earlier. He's just so determined to do this for his family. And then when he he only gives up like that because he's like, oh, he 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 needs to be getting ready to head back. His his you know his food's coming low. Like it's not really great. And then the deer gets away, but then he has this stone, and he's like, okay, well I can let the doe go now because I have this stone which I can sell. And I think. And then that's when he turns mm-hmm. back and decides, okay, I'm going to head home. And I just think, again, that just that shows a lot to, like, his character and who he is. Again, like, just right out the bait. Like, again, like, Paolini doesn't tell us, like, oh, he cares for his family because he's going to sell this. Or, you know, he doesn't, like, tell us. He shows us. And that's, like, mm-hmm. huge when you're writing. Showing, not telling. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it is a good point because even though that like he thinks like maybe I'm supposed to have it, but he ultimately decides like well it could it might pay for some food. So even though this character is as this inkling of like wanting something more, he's still mm-hmm. prioritizing his family. Like I said, yep. it's been three days. His food is half gone. He's got to get back home. His food will only last long enough for him to probably get home. So it's time yep. to track back. Yep. It's just it's 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 really good. I think yeah, it's it's a very strong like that's our first proper chapter, and I, I say not much happened. Kind of a big thing happens. This uh kid hunting in the woods finds a magical egg, a magical stone. And it just like I'm sorry. falls out of the uh, sky but... or whatever. Yeah, because because <laughs> in my brain I'm picturing did it calm it down or no? Because our our elven lady we know she used magic to like teleport it somewhere. So this isn't mm-hmm. just appearing. Yeah. It just appears. And like, and... huh, that's interesting. Yep. Why did it, did she just send it into the middle of the woods and this like Aragon kid just happened to be there? That seems wild for something so valuable. What's up, babe? Yeah, agreed. Like, again, like uh, going back to what I mentioned earlier in our first episode where I hadn't read the prologue. So this was my first inkling into mm. the Aragon series. Oh, that's and right. I had, yeah. Oh. And I had no idea where this egg came from and I had no idea anything about it. And so it was just interesting for me to like jump in and be like, OK, I have no idea what happened to this egg and like where it came from or I guess stone that I wouldn't know because mm-hmm. I like I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I had an inkling about it, but I yeah. was like, I don't know. And so it was just it was just cool. Like I didn't know the strife attached to this stone and how it came here. Like I didn't know that it was sent by this woman sacrificing herself to get it to safety so it was like i had no idea and then that was like when i went back and read it again i was actually like oh i'm actually kind of glad i didn't read the prologue because it it would have kind of spoiled the little things for me that i just didn't know Mm -hmm. and so that was like that was my take on it but i was uh, very good very good all over i just i just really do like this the whole prologue discovery all of it very good (laughs) discovery yeah it's very it's a really strong start to this series and it's interesting because when you like very, very, very rarely does I think any reader pick up a book and literally jump in totally blind. Mm-hmm. Like you read the back, which will tell you some degree, or maybe a friend is like, here, read this book. You'll like it because X, Y, Z. Like I'm reading a book right now. It's called The House in the Cerulean Sea. Mm-hmm. Mostly I picked it up because someone recommended it to me. Well, okay. So my girlfriend says it was her favorite book when we started hanging out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to need to read this because I <laughs> want to get to know her better. So I'm going to yes. read her favorite book. And it, it is very, it's just like, she's. I, just, she also like gave me the pitch and the vibe. It's like, set, it's like a magical world. It's queer. And I'm like all about that. And then I started reading mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, huh, okay, I didn't expect this. And then last night when I was putting it down, I actually read the back of the book for the first time. And I was like, whoa, what? yeah Arthur's got a secret what yeah so there are some times where it's like so I think my long-winded point being you don't pick up Aragon not knowing it's a dragon egg right yeah you don't pick up not knowing what's gonna happen even if you don't read the back of the book the cover's got a dragon on it like you said Luce so there's some degree of yeah, there's always some degree of like the the very nature of a book itself, the physical book itself, the act of being given a book to read means there are certain mysteries that just will not exist for the reader. Yep. Agreed. 
I don't think I have anything else for this chapter. I was like, yeah, I don't really know. That was that's it's we've literally hit all points. It's very short. Perfect. It's it's short, but I think both of them I'm get me like excited to keep reading. And I haven't read these books in so very long. Like I think I I read them a lot through like elementary school or middle school and early high school until the last one came out. And I think I read them all one more time after that. And I like did donate them in my like early late like late late teens i think it was like 19 i donated them to like a secondhand shop mm-hmm. and and because i donated a lot of my books i was moving and so i haven't read them in i would say a decade so this has me yeah. really excited to like yeah let's go like i know the big points but i i don't remember a lot of the finer details and i'm super jazzed to to do that so yeah let's get it, let's do it i'm yes very much same i i i used to read them or i guess listen to them fairly regularly and then I just stopped at some point because it was so much like I the patience Paulini had to have to write these books is absolutely like amazing. Like I do not have the patience to write. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where my I struggle with, with my writing is just like all the detail work. And I'm like, oh, my God. But uh, it's 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 super cool uh, that he just had yeah, the patience and just so- all of it. So. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm. I'm excited to go through all the books again with you. I'm very excited. Perfect. Well, shall we continue this conversation next week? Yes, we shall. Thank you, listeners, so much for joining us again. If you've got anything, any feedback, any thoughts, uh, let us know. We want to hear from everybody. Uh, hit us up on Instagram at ArragonPod or shoot us an email to ArragonPod at gmail.com. Until next time, she is Lucy Hart, and she is Darian Smart, and this has been Aragon. And back again.